0: This is awesome. Let's see what time it is. Oh, this is going to be amazing. Okay. Um, It's not my first rodeo, but I'm just not really good at this rodeo business, so we'll figure this out. All right, Lord Jesus, as we continue, as we unpack some scripture this morning, as you have led us into your word today, would your spirit be big and alive and for us today? Would your spirit continue to teach? Would your spirit do the amazing, awesome, perfect job that the spirit does to knit together all of the things knit together the songs that we're saying um, the prayers that we prayed um, the testimonies that we heard the scripture that we'll read would your spirit knit that all together and it's in your name we pray amen we are finishing today the ways of Jesus we've done this for the last I don't know six weeks or so um, when we went through our new identity statement um, uh, we came out of that and said we want to seek Jesus and live in him and in his ways and then we said, well, what are the ways? So we started making a, a list. And if we have that list, Aaron, um, there's, we wrote 15 things that we saw. We studied the book of John this past summer for 21 weeks. And we named 15 observations of what did Jesus, what was he about? What was his ministry, his mission? What, what did he do? How did he behave? And we've taken two or three of these each week. And today, the ones that kind of got grouped together was this one, stand up against injustice and take care of the poor and powerless. And it seemed fitting to unite them with the story of these four and their experience. Now, um, in thinking about this, when we kind of outlined this, I started assigning texts from the Scripture to kind of align with these things. We didn't want to use John. We wanted to find other biblical sources to support this. The other thing that I haven't made enough mention about, I'm not sure I even made mention of it all, is that if you go, Aaron, can you put up the blank, just the blue, uh, uh, that one there, thank you. Um, this was designed by Kimberly McGuire. I think she's here somewhere. If you are, raise your hand. She's in the back. And one of the things that we did is that we used this compass, understanding the, uh, the uniqueness of where these arrows are pointing. The ways of Jesus are pointing um, perfectly and endlessly to, the, to every square inch of creation. That these arrows point in our relationship above, about seeking the Father. It, 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 it points out in our, in our encounter with people. It, they, they point inward um, about our own worship and devotion. And so part of what's been important to us in this thing is looking at the width and depth of this. And, and yes, it's true, if you go back and look through the book of John, you will see endless stories of Jesus standing up against injustice and taking care of the poor and the powerless. I have been reminded, though, in my study of the book of John, of where Jesus is um em- where Jesus is outrage when it comes to justice and injustice, was not at city officials, was not at government officials. It was at leaders of his own church. And there is that purity of of God's story and God's purpose on earth that Jesus was um, defending. Because what was happening was, is that leadership was keeping people down. They weren't shepherding the sheep the way that God intended the leaders to shepherd the sheep. So Jesus was standing up for injustice. But there's also this other thing where Jesus just took care of those that struggled to care for themselves. Poverty is a scope. It is both material and it's spiritual. It is both the the, the dollars in your pocket and, and the emotional poverty. And Jesus dealt with all kinds of poverty. The literal poor who begged, the blind, the sick, the dying, the dead. But he also dealt with um, women who w- were not seen as favorable in community, with, um, with uh, Jewish theologians and lawkeepers that came in the middle of the night out of fear to meet with him. There was their own sense of spiritual poverty and Jesus made space constantly to take care of the poor and the powerless and to stand up for those who needed attention. Because you cannot read the scriptures from old to new without understanding that our God is a God who is just and who is righteous and longs and seeks for righteousness to play out as the kingdom unfolds. We can't escape those two things. So, as I picked out the text for this, I picked out Galatians 2, chapter, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. It's kind of an odd passage. Galatians is a book of Paul's, uh, the Apostle Paul, in which Paul is writing uh, to several churches in, in, um, in, in this region, this, in the Gentile region, and uh, particularly in defense of the purity of the gospel. And if you read it, it's about defense of the gospel, I'm ashamed that you've turned away from the one true gospel, get back to the right gospel. There are these agitators that are showing up and teaching you a false gospel. Um, you know, uh, you deal with them, get rid of them, get back to the defense of the gospel. There's only one thing you boast in, and it's the cross, and it's the cross of Jesus. His defense of the gospel, of the purity of gospel, is this. We receive salvation through faith, By grace alone. There's nothing you can do. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. It's undeserved. But because Jesus Christ willfully went to the cross to die on our behalf, and then because of God's conquering of the grave and death and sin, there's an invitation into um, adoption into that family. We cannot do anything to deserve it or to earn it. We can't work for it. Yet these agitators showed up and said, well, actually, you can do all these things in observance of the law in order to be made pure before God. And he said, no, 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 no. The entire book is about law. Law, 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 law. Back in the year of our Lord 2020, during pandemic, we were doing something every day at 2.42 in the afternoon called 2.42 Live. Live. Some of you participate in this. Every day, Monday through Friday, we read Scripture together, five verses, 10 verses, a small passage, on live, online, live, on Facebook, every day at 2:42. It was some, a holy awesome thing that we did during pandemic. We read 10 books of the New Testament together <laughs> through short passages, all for, for months. And one of the books I picked was Galatians. And I've studied this book and read it and studied and read it. It's la, 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 la. But my aha moment in reading Scripture in that season was this passage. I've been waiting a year and some time to read this passage for it to be fitting. Because there is an incredible aha moment in in defense of the purity of the gospel. Jesus says something that is so critical to our understanding of what it means to be a follower of Jesus and how to live in the kingdom unfolding on the earth. He says this, After 14 years, I went up to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along too. I went in response to revelation, and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preached amongst the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. The word for vanity there um, is this idea of boasting um, with uh, pretending that you have something, but there's really nothing behind it. You have no substance. You have no weight. It's to boast in something that you are proclaiming to be gravitas, but in the, in the end, it's just dust. He's juxtaposing that to these agitators that have come in with this new gospel, and they're holding up this ideal, but it's really, it's dust. And he said, I don't want to run a race boasting in a false gospel. Continue. Yet, yeah, not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised. Like, Who would? At 30 years old, oh, you want to follow Jesus? Snip, snip. Like, that's not, that's not like a, a, like a, a pathway of, of desire for people. But what was happening was, is that um, Jewish leaders were telling the Gentiles, if you want to follow this uh, Yahweh, you have to follow the law, and men need to be circumcised. And, and Paul looked at that and said, no, that's, we're not bound by that law anymore. We're freed from that law. There is freedom in Christ. And we're not going backwards, we're going forward. This matter rose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might preserve. And this is it, the defense of the gospel. Next. As for those who were held in high esteem, whatever they were makes no difference to me. This is Paul saying, now I know that there's all these apostles down in Jerusalem, and they're really important. It's not really that important. But they think they're important. They're not really important. You guys think that they're great heroes, but they're just people to me. I think what Paul's trying to say is, don't let um, spiritual, uh, or don't let pastors be these heroes that you put on pedestals, uh, for they will break your heart. They're just people. They're just people. And he said, whatever they were, they don't, it doesn't make any difference to me. God doesn't show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. But on the contrary, they actually recognize that I've been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, to the Gentiles, just as Peter did to the circumcised. And now he's saying Peter, James, and John are in Jerusalem teaching the gospel to Jews, and Paul's up with the Gentiles, with Titus and Barnabas. Same gospel message, two different people groups. Uh, Next. For God, who was at work in Peter as an apostle, the circumcised was also working in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Cephas, and John, those esteemed pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized grace given to me. And basically what they said is we are unified. We're unified. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Now hold the next slide, don't hold it yet. So I expected this, hang on, don't go it. there you go. I expected when I read Galatians in 2020, that this what's what it's about. It's about defense of the purity of the gospel. There's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. Yet, God's desire as his kingdom unfolds is to invite people, Jews and Gentiles, which is a bookends of all the people of the earth, into the family of God. That that, that the nations have the right to be called sons and daughters of the king. It's a defense of the purity of the gospel. You're saved by faith and grace, not by works. And right at the end, this last line, here's my aha moment. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I'd been eager to do all along. Defense of the gospel, defense of the gospel, defense of the gospel. All they asked that we would continue to remember the poor. Do you know why Paul uses the word remember? Because he knows we'll forget. Remember that I'm the God who brought you out of Egypt. Really? You had to tell them to remember? Yeah, they'll forget. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Do you really have to tell us that? Oh, yeah, we've forgotten the Sabbath. Jesus said, when you take this bread and drink this cup, remember. Really? Because we'll forget. Remember the poor. The very thing I've been eager to do. I did a little word study on this word, poor. And it's this word... um, it's this word. Did I write it down? I don't know if I did. Oh, yeah, here it is. Spudazzo. It's not a word that I studied in Greek because it's only used a few times, so it wasn't a word that I was accounted for in seminary. Spudazzo. It means to be eager. It means to endeavor. It means to be diligent and remain diligent. You ready for this? It means to effort. Church. My favorite verb, efforting, it's it's there, it's in the dictionary, to effort. It's to effort, it's to work. But then it goes on, then there's the second definition of it, is to labor and to study. All that God asked that we would remember the poor, the very thing that I was diligent, that I wanted to endeavor, that I was efforting for, recognizing that I had a lot to learn, I had a lot to study. I had a lot of room to grow and be shaped. I had a lot to learn. But I'm eager. Church, it is crucial for us to understand that because of God's incredible rescue on our lives, that we have been given an invitation to encounter and engage God's world. Not because we're Jesus, but because the love and grace and mercy in Jesus that is in us, that has the opportunity to overflow, ought to overflow. And every person that we come encounter with, every neighbor, every neighborhood, every city, every nation. This is the high call of the church. Know that God loves you, know that God saves you, trust the purity of the gospel, and participate with those who struggle to take care of themselves and help themselves. Remember, poverty is a scope. It is both material and it is spiritual. It is both emotional and it's intellectual. But we are called to remember so we don't forget. And I'm just going to say this. When we talk about Jesus standing up for those who are taking care of the poor and powerless and standing up against injustice, there is a drive in this church to participate in this. Not because we're better or we figured it out, because we're learners and students constantly, but there's a movement God transforms us, and then we engage His world. And I know that we are called to be a church of radical welcome and radical engagement, and and, and those are biblical, scriptural truths. And so, may we, this church, may we recognize in all of our efforts, it ought to be to preserve the purity of the gospel and to remember the poor. The purity of the gospel and to remember the poor. May that sink and settle in us and be a transformative message. Why? Not because it's my way. Because it is the way of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for um, this morning. I thank you for this word. I thank you for Paul, who in the midst of this grand theological work of beauty reminds us that the ways of Jesus is the preservation of God's story the preservation of the story of salvation the surrender to the Jesus who does save the surrender to the spirit that does lead and as we lead and follow your voice god that calls us into all kinds of spaces in front of all kinds of people may we do so with the sense of the Jesus sense standing up against things that are broken and standing up for the broken. May we not forget our high call to remember and care with the poor. May it not be a program, but a relationship drive, because that's what it was for you, Jesus. And just continue to teach us. May we be students. May we learn. Just like the four on stage, may we be a community that learns, learns, learns. We're not done. We haven't arrived. We have a long way to go for your glory and not our own. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.